Welcome to the How to Find and Keep a Gay Man podcast. I'm Matt Bays, your host, with Matt Heinker, your co-host. And we're here to provide bitchy wisdom for the gay man looking for love. There are a lot of gay men out there looking for a meaningful love experience, and we are here to help. You can follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok, where you'll find all sorts of bitchy wisdom about what it's going to take to find and keep a gay man. Welcome. We're glad you're here. You are bringing father figure with that necklace. I'll be your father, your tiny hand in mine. Love me some George Michael. Sun's out, guns out. Got my tats out, baby. They think I'm such a nice lady, but I've been in these streets, honey. Look at these tats, okay? <laughs> You've been in the streets of Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> like Malibu's most wanted. <laughs> I am, actually. I'm keeping my honeymoon going here with some more Mexican Tapo Chico sparkling water. Oh, yes. That's what we drank poolside mm. all week. Good to see you, darling. How you been? Listen, here's the truth. I'm sick as a dog right now. <gasps> and on top of being sick, I pulled some muscle in my back. It hurts to breathe. Well, I called you yesterday on a Sunday afternoon. You were doing diamond push-ups in the gym. I thought, my word, we're doing the most well, right now. And I didn't feel great, but I was like, I can handle this. You know, we come from a family where it's like, if something's wrong, you just rub dirt in it. <laughs> Didn't work out so well. We'll be gentle. So you've been on your vacation all week celebrating your nuptials. Oh, my word. And celebrate we did, honey. Gorgeous beaches and sunshine and love. It was just, it was everything. It was great. We had a wonderful time. I was married now, as you say. (laughs) I said I was married now. It feels so good. It's funny. We were talking about this when we were on the trip. Like we've traveled quite a bit in the last three years, him and I together. Yeah. Um, and it, but it felt way different to be on this trip as a married couple. It felt, now tell me about that. Cause I, you said that to me on the phone yesterday and I thought, I wonder what that means. I think that, I mean, we've been committed to each other for a long time, but I just think you just, there's this like general sense of like, wow, we're like much more grounded now. We're permanent. We're hubbies, you know, mm-hmm. and we're wearing rings and, it just, it was really nice. And the bloom is not off the rose yet. <laughs> I mean, I know it's only been 164 hours, but. You know, so far, so good. Good. I knew yeah. somebody who once came home from their honeymoon and said, I think I might have made a mistake. <gasps> no. Swear to God. Dear God. Who knows? Get a therapist. Yeah. Get a damn therapist. So I think it's serendipitous that you and Ty went off to this gay resort in Puerto Vallarta. You know, uh, Puerto, we're so ma- uh, Puerto Vallarta, welcome to Fantasy Island, and uh, or it could be Destruction Island. It's for a little mix of the two, yeah, for yeah. Sure. But right after our our episode on open relationships, and I'm sure you're engaging numerous people that are already in open relationships and exploring that world or fully invested in it or whatever. You know, we did all that research and we did that full-blown podcast on open relationships. And my views on it are much more solidified even after this trip. So it's interesting. We're at this luxury LGBTQ plus resort in paradise. And everywhere you look are gays from all over the world. And we met a lot of different couples. We connected with a lot of people. And every single couple we met all week 
except for one was open. So I think okay. that those numbers are skewed a little bit because we, you know, in our research, we found that older gays are definitely more than the younger, you know, open to open relationships and participate in them. But people would meet us and find out we were not open and be like, whoa, you know. But the other part of it that I realized is that the majority of the couples that we engaged with for any length of time, there was one person that was really for it. And there's one person that was clearly maybe not quite on the same page, maybe not full-blown uncomfortable, but, you know, probably not as excited about it as the other. And we okay. found, we, we met many people, uh, one, one, one couple in particular that stands out, we had dinner with one night from San Francisco. Um, they were talking about how they've been open for five years and the hubs went to the bathroom and um, his husband said, you know what, I would be perfectly happy with just him and only him. I'm in love with him, but that's just something he's never going to want. So I just have to deal with this. And he was mm. kind of emotional. Again, person doesn't know us that well, but he's like, congratulations that you two love each other and you're connected enough that you want this. It's beautiful. I don't, I don't see it very often. And committed to walking this out and living this out, regardless exactly. of if there comes a time where the sex gets boring, mundane, monotonous, of figuring will... out how to ramp it back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we even talked about that. We said, you're at a honeymoon right now. You know, it's, it's probably pretty easy. We've been together for three years, but, you know, we're still very connected. If we ever reach a point where we're not, we're going to work on that. And the poor boy left. They left for dinner and his husband was tired going back to the hotel room. And he went to the bathhouse. <laughs> so we just saw that repeated over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I also think that one other thing that we really took away from this is I think that most of these couples are desensitizing themselves to how special the sexual intimacy is with your partner. Mm -hmm. You have sex with all kinds of people in a bathhouse and it's dark and Lord knows who you're touching. Sex becomes just a recreational thing. And it's not this really sacred connection with someone that you love. So yeah. you're desensitizing yourself to how special and how amazing it can be. And yeah. again, super countercultural idea, but we saw it in real time. And I was so thankful that I was there with my beloved husband. Yeah. And no one's going to touch him but me. We've talked about this a lot, Matt. You know, you're going to get to a point in any relationship. You guys have already been together for three years at some point. Mm -hmm you know, you're going to be tired of seeing that same old dingling, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, at that yeah. point, figure out what you need to do. Dress it up like a finger puppet. I don't care. <laughs> do something to get some fire back into it. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. the truth is, even in open relationships, you're going to get used to a consistency of seeing the same thing over and over and over, or doing the same thing over and over and over. For so sure. as we've discussed and we continue to hold to, it's not a solution for monotony. It is not yeah. a solution for a messed up relationship. It's just not. No. You cannot fix an internal problem with an external solution. We've said it over and over. So if there yeah. is a problem, I have to be the solution because I'm Absolutely. the problem. That's where Absolutely. I have to start. So if I'm trying to do it out here, you may take the monotony away for a while, but you haven't fixed the foundational problem. And so it will return. Amen, amen. <laughs> you know, you believe in something when you amen yourself. That's right. If nobody right. else is going to amen me, I'm going to amen myself. Listen, I amen you to that, honey. Yes. So today we are going to be talking about situationships, which is a newer word for me. <laughs> and so yes. when you sent the information over, you know, I started doing my math on this and then we've exchanged some articles and um, 
I love it. It's super relevant. All kinds of information surrounding this from therapists about why, what mm -hmm. this is, how you move situationships into relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this topic. Me too. I think it, you said it's relevant. It's absolutely relevant. I think that the majority of people as they're dating on these apps find themselves in a variety of situationships way more often than relationships. And why yeah. is that? What are they? How do you know if you're in one? How do you get out of one if you're in one? Pros yeah. and cons, tips for the street. We won't unpack it all. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Situationships. Yes. <laughs> Undefined romantic entanglements between two people. Cosmopolitan Magazine says it's the catch-all term for those relationships sitting at the intersection of hooking up and an actual relationship. Okay. So they're kind of on the edge. They're on the precipice that could go either way. I think typically we see them going more towards the hooking up zone rather than relationship. Situationship can blossom into more. It's possible. But um, I think that it is a side effect of people who maybe are struggling in dating, struggling that they deserve more, not sure what they want. There's a lot of reasons why they why they happen. But I think in defining them, a helpful tool from masterclass.com says five signs that you're in one. So how do I, how do I even identify this pattern or whether or not I'm in one myself? So first of all, the most prevalent one is number one, you deal with inconsistent behavior. So you see this boy, you're not really sure when you're going to see him again, when he's going to call again, when you're going to spend time together. It's inconsistent behavior. You are not a priority, and that's part of the deal. Any person who's not truly interested in a future with you will not make plans with you. Okay. They don't want to make plans because planning is about commitment. <laughs> yes. Right. And commitment is not always something that somebody that prefers a situationship wants to be in. You're, you're hitting on number two exactly. So number two is you don't make any long-term plans. Oh, okay. so you're not important enough to do that for sure. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there was a guy that talked about how, you know, although situationships might provide freedom that you just mentioned, but they also can create internal conflict that typically they go against the way humans connect and attach to each other, that there's cognitive dissonance where the actions and beliefs people have towards one another are in constant tension. That was an article in Men's Health. Yeah. And then number three is you don't use labels. So this is not a thing. It's a situation ship. We're not boyfriends. I wouldn't even say you're dating. We were, you know, I was introducing someone at a club or whatever. So no labels, no long-term plans. And then a four, obviously you haven't made it exclusive, of course. Right. Um, but number five, this is the one that really hits with me. Number five is the relationship or the situation ship lacks emotional connection. Of so course. it's physical or surface level only. And I think if you haven't done your work, you see a lot of people that, that all, that's all that they have the ability to reach for, depending on where they're at in their journey. Yeah, yeah. And, and some people probably feel like they're just not capable of that. Like they don't know how yeah. to. Like I can, I can mm -hmm. talk about sex with you. I can mm -hmm. goof around and have a good time. But to be vulnerable is complicated. And they've been talking about that in some of the research that I was looking up of people who are trying to save face, frankly. Mm -hmm. 
because they they would rather have a situationship than a relationship because then they don't have to deal with the idea of being broken up with. Yep. Like we don't like that. We don't like the rejection of that. So if I'm in a situationship, you can't really break up with me. So it ends up becoming about saving face. So because of our social media culture and how it's grown. And we talked about how the stats on having sex has gone down in young people. Like they have less sex than they used to specifically between the years around 2000 and 2017 or what some of the studies are. And that is because on social media with porn, with all of those things, just exploding as it has, it doesn't cost vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You can do mm-hmm. all of that stuff on your own, which really kind of begs the question of what has happened to human connection. I have a dear, dear friend of mine, and we talk about this all the time, and he is only in situationships and it's by design. Um, okay. But it's because you hit on, you mentioned this earlier, he doesn't feel like he's capable of more than that. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of internalized homophobia and some self-love issues there, but he uh, finds yeah. himself in situationship after situationship. And I talked mm-hmm. about this because he's a, a, a close friend of mine and a really beautiful person. And I'm like, you have to want more than that. Don't you want someone to love you and to hold you at night? He's like, God, no. He goes, I don't know what I would do if someone did that for me. He goes, I need my space. Immediately, the question yeah. comes to me if I was coaching this boy, why? Why? Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you want to be held? Is it just go, ah, I'm not a touchy person. Like, let's dig down beneath the surface. Why? What is it about that? I feel uncomfortable. Why? Yeah. You know, and I think you can't talk about this stuff without talking about worthiness. It may not be an issue of worthiness for everyone that would prefer mm-hmm. situationships. Sure. But it has to be talked about. And we'll get there. We'll talk about it today. One of the yeah. things that you said about planning, this was on, uh, I think, medium, medium.com, where they talk about situationships. And, and it says that uh, people that don't want it to turn into a relationship, they are not clear about the future. And then they say, yeah. I'm just going to read it. Real relationships take one small and very unsexy skill, planning. Now, I don't think that's unsexy, but I thought it was cute. Relationships take a great deal of planning. Anything you want to do as a couple requires planning. Buying a house, having children or traveling, even going out for dinner requires some small planning. And then they put it in bold in the middle of the page. But a person who isn't interested in you won't bother to make plans. Mm. So true. Now, if I were in a situationship and somebody read that to me, it would make me immediately feel shame because it would make me think, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. I'm not valued highly enough to make plans with me, that you have to keep all your options open. Yes. And we've all known that couple before that you can't ever really get them to commit until Friday afternoon when nobody else will have them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't yeah. want that. I think if you're on the other, if you're on the receiving end of a situation ship, it can be hard on your heart, your mental health and your self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're in a place where you want more than that. So you got to be really careful. And, and over again, and over, us always coming from the point of view of this is somebody who wants to find and keep a gay man. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of our articles that said pros and cons. So like pros, you're newly out or newly single and finding your way. You're in a season where you aren't sure what you want, evaluating your options. You're new to a city 
or part of a country and keeping your eyes open while you're meeting a lot of new people. Wonderful. That all works. And frankly, yes. if I'm in that category, I'm probably going to have a few situationships going on. Okay. There Perfect. was a time Perfect. when I was doing that. But when you're ready to find a keep a gay man, we're entering into wanting more. And so we got to be careful if one of these is starting to creep up in this category. Because yeah. it's all it's all fine and dandy until you catch feels. And then you endanger, girl. Yeah. Because if it's not reciprocated, you're getting into really dangerous water, you know. And when you catch the feels, let it play out. Yeah. Don't assume that that means something's wrong and I got to figure out how to turn off this faucet. I think that's a good point. Catch the feels. You yeah. might be gr- you might be growing up. Okay. It, it might be time. You might want a plan to have some spaghetti. That's not a bad seven. thing. That's not a bad thing. That yeah. means she's growing up. I love that. And I think that it's really good to play that out if you do catch feels, but you got to be really vigilant on what is reciprocated because if they are not, you know, okay, this is a situation ship. A lot of times that just means that the relationship itself is still new enough that it's not defined. But you have to step back and say, is it moving forward or not? Because if it's not, then you got to make some tough decisions. Because if you love yourself enough to want to find a keep a gay man to be in a real relationship, you're going to require more than that after a very specific amount of time. And I think, you know, a lot of articles talked about how you might be unaware when you get into that zone, you might be unaware of how much emotional energy it's taking from you. It could deplete your love bank and prevent you from having much to give the right person when they present themselves. Yes. When when I went through my big breakup, we continued on with a situationship. Uh, and, and that <laughs> happens uh, more than from researching this. I was like, oh, that happens more than I thought it would, where a relationship yeah. actually morphs into a situationship where you're still sexually active with this person. And what that ends up becoming about is one person who doesn't want the relationship, but maybe doesn't know how to let go. And then mm-hmm. the other person who's still in love that didn't really want it to be a situationship. But they'll take that over nothing when what they really need to do is honor the path that they've desired, which is finding and keeping someone, which is what I wanted. Sure. And finally, just say, no, I'm done. I felt like a fool in that position. I couldn't believe I was the age I was with all the knowledge that I knew. But listen, love has its reasons, which the heart knows not of. Right. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I thought that I had learned these lessons. And I knew them in my head, but that's different than experiencing them with your heart. And so I was doing everything I could to hold on to something that had become a situationship, though I would have never called it. That's exactly what it was. And I had to let it go. And had to let it go. And and begin the painful process of healing. Well, and that that situationship became a distraction for you to even be able to give your energy to someone else, right? Yes, 100%. Yes, until I was able to let that go, I was not able to engage someone. Or even you and I sat with the Tinder thing. And a lot of what was keeping me stuck was still being in love in this situationship. Mm -hmm. So every person that came across my screen, I didn't care about any of them. Yeah, I didn't even want to try anything else. And I needed to desperately. Kind of connected to this, you mentioned this earlier, that, that situation ship feels safe because it doesn't require a lot of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a real invested relationship, talk about things that are unsexy, they require planning, but they also reveal areas within you that you need to work on, areas that you need growth in. And so when you're in a situation ship, it doesn't require anything from you. And it's the longer that you spend in these types of patterns relationally, the longer it takes for you to really understand the improvements you need to make to 
find and keep it gaming and be a really good partner in a relationship to challenge you to reach for that for the right person. There's something about this that just feels like it's a, you know, the Peter Pan syndrome. Like you just don't want to grow up. I think you know, that's a huge part of it. I don't want responsibility outside of my job. I don't want anybody to paint me in a corner. I don't want anybody to wake me up in the morning and have to do the same old life with that same old man, the same old way over and over again. When in reality, if we let it, if we put our back into it, it can actually reveal itself to become something really, really beautiful, yeah. and really meaningful. Yeah. I think we don't have vision for what that could be sometimes. Yeah. But I think ultimately... And you mentioned this earlier as well. I mean, bringing it back to that comes back to self-love, not to repeat messages that we have repeated over and over again. But you really do have to love yourself enough to require more than that. And I think that a lot of people are so stuck that they, they can't get there yet. My dear friend I mentioned earlier is definitely in that bucket. And I will work with him as long as I can to encourage him to believe that he deserves more and to reach yeah. for it. And sometimes what keeps us stuck in that pattern of situationship is not somebody's desire to stay there. It's because they don't feel like outside of this person, there's not a lot of options. Mm -hmm. So we even have to look at, you and I have talked about this many times, like how specific, and by specific, I mean petty, <laughs> are you being with what it is that you're looking for? Like, I want somebody with full head of hair. I want somebody <laughs> who makes this much money or at, at least six foot tall. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah where yeah. where you can let go of that stuff. I recently had a conversation with somebody who was talking about uh, identifying as top or bottom or all mm -hmm. of the sexual things in their dating profile. And yeah. I said, no, 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 honey, you don't have to put all that in there. It was like, well, it's good to know. I was like, well, it might be good for you to know when you see their profile coming up. But here's what I can tell you. On paper, that would not have worked for the marriage that I am happily involved in today. Yeah. Had he put on his profile where he was with that and me, we would not have mixed. And I'm over here in a relationship where I'm completely sexually at peace beyond what I ever thought I could be very awesome. happy. But like I said, had that stuff been on the profile, I'd have scrolled right past something. So just cool it. A little bit with <laughs> yeah. all of the wants and needs and thinking you're trying to make something perfect and you've just perfected everyone right out of your circle. So yeah. now you got two options and they're both assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the reverse of that, we've got another example of a, a guy that we met who is in a situation ship and this man is his ideal. He's gobsmacked of this boy. But they are only in a situation ship, and that's all that they will ever be. The guy calls him when he has time. He travels a lot for work, and our friend just comes running. And I'm like, don't you feel a little bit less than at his beck and call? And he goes, honey, I don't care. And it's the best that I can get. He goes, I would never be able to be with a boy as beautiful as that. Beautiful. And so, Who cares? Yeah, and we're like, oh, he's beautiful. Uh now, not, not on the he he's beautiful now, but he's uh, today he's not beautiful on the inside. He is so caught up in the fact that he is that ideal physically that he just degrades himself. Yeah. He does. He takes the scraps that this boy throws him. This is an and, issue of worthiness. Am yeah. I worthy of a meaningful love experience? Mm -hmm. If I don't love myself, then I'm certainly not going to think that I'm worthy of it. And worth 
is not ego. Worth is not walking around like I would not take that from anybody. That's not, that's puffed up ego. We're talking about really getting in tune with yourself and realizing as a human being, you came into this world and you deserve to love and you are worthy of it 100%. And the thing is, when you let go of that shit that you just mentioned, this boy's beautiful, but unavailable, except when Mm -hmm. he decides he's available, you let go of that stuff. Then you open yourself to a person out there that also believes that you're worthy. I mean, you said in one of the past podcasts that lack attracts lack. If you're in a place where you don't really believe that, you're going to attract people who agree. We have to reach for that self-love and heal ourselves so we can be open to the right person that will love us back deeply. It's almost like a learn to love me and then I can let you love me. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm. Situationships should only be training wheels for a relationship or a transitional phase in your life. Beyond that, your heart wants more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get into that place of self-worth, because we are going to talk more about that. I think that's just a continued theme through this podcast. But for sure, uh, communication is a huge thing of just being able to say what it is that you want. And we're afraid because yes. we're afraid we might lose it. But and it's not always just about being afraid we're going to lose it. Sometimes we're just afraid because we're not confrontational. I am not a confrontational person. I told yeah. you one of the best <laughs> compliments I've ever gotten is somebody telling me that I set boundaries with ease. But you have to figure out it's it's I think it's uh, Brene Brown that says, tell the truth, even if your voice shakes. For sure. So yeah. you've got to step up to the plate and say what it is that you need to say. And don't start with what are we? Tell them, this This is is what what I want want. us to be. Don't let them define it. You tell them, this is what I want it to be. This is what I need for it to be. Are you willing to take this journey with me? Absolutely. Well, that same masterclass uh, material had, if I do identify that I'm in a situationship, how do I get out of it? Now, getting out of it might not necessarily mean that it ends. It can graduate into a real relationship. But what does that process look like? And I think this is really important. You have to honestly, keyword honest, evaluate the situation that you're in. Okay. Is this a reciprocal relationship? Does it potentially have legs? If it's new, and that's the reason that it's a situation, is it moving forward? Yes or no? This boy that I just mentioned is not honest with himself about what the situation really is. So first of all, you got to get really honest about that. And then you just said, decide what it is that you want, believe that you deserve it and can have it, and then communicate with the other person what it is that you want. So I love that you just said, don't tell them, what are we? Say, hey, boy, I really like you. I want this to be more than it is. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Be strong enough to say what you want. And that's very sexy. Communicate what it is that you want, even if you're, yeah. you're going first. And you, like you said, if you're saying it in fear with your voice shaking. Go there. If you want it, go after it. Believe that you deserve it. And then number five said, move forward and talk with a relationship expert about how to do that. Get a damn therapist. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's close that thought out by saying the first thing that needs to happen is define whether or not you want it to be a situationship or you want it to evolve into a relationship. That's a great decision to make. And Mm -hmm. then the information is out there or a therapist is available to begin the process of talking about how to make that happen. I think the number one thing is communication. Mm -hmm. Say the damn thing. And it doesn't have to be mean. It can be like, I love spending time with you. I love what we have. And I'm ready to move deeper. You could even start with that and saying, so let me know. 
You don't even have to ask them for an answer. Let me know what you think about yeah. that. Take some time, give it some thought. And, but I'm letting you know I'm ready to move forward with you. And Matt, I love that because for people that are super direct like me, I'd be able to talk about it right then. There's a lot of people that are processors and they might be surprised that you drop that on them. They might be on the same page, but need time to think about it. You know, it's, a, totally. it's an intense, vulnerable thing to move forward in a relationship, especially an exclusive one with someone. And it's a big decision. So I yeah. love that you offer the opportunity to think about it and let you know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And a great response to that is, let me get back with you on that. I love that because it tells me you're going to go think about it rather than expecting them to just say, yes, I want to get married. I thought you'd never ask, you know. <laughs> Give them a minute because they may not be in that same space as you were, and they may just need some time to think about it. And if they say, oh, geez, I thought you knew what this was, keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Clarity will free you up to yeah. move it in a direction where you can find someone that is open to more. So, yeah, good. Can we talk about worthiness? Worthiness. When I think about worthiness, I think about some people who are just so beat down. Mm -hmm. Self-worth is a definite part of my story. And I think probably most men, but we experience it differently, right? As gay men, some of us puff up with ego. Some of we us do... flip the fan and strut. It's a smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I guess, Matt, we all want to love and to be loved. I really believe that, that there is a, a kid inside us that mm -hmm. wants to be loved. And then we grow up into men and we've been so beaten down in our communities. And by people when we were the young gay boy in gym class or hiding, falling in love with best friends that never could love us back because they were straight and we were gay. All that stuff that we still carry around in us. And so the vulnerability of requiring or expecting or asking for love, it requires a great amount of courage and it requires a great amount of self-acceptance and self-love. Foundational, for sure. How do we get there? Get a damn therapist. I knew you were going to say that. 100%. I was like, he's going to say, get a damn therapist. And we have talked about in previous episodes about developing a dialogue of self-love. Mm -hmm. At this point in my journey, I've been through so much therapy, but the work is never done. So for me, the practice that I really hold pretty sacred now is that dialogue of self-love. You know, I had, we just went through this wedding. We had a lot of family drama in the midst of that. There are people that weren't there that it really disappointed me. And so I've had to really be intentional to keep myself in good mental space. I am worthy of love. I deserve Ty. He's lucky to have me. I'm aging, but I'm still beautiful. I'm a person of worth. And I have these mantras that I repeat in my head when I'm feeling rough or when I have a quiet moment in the morning. Like now it's almost reflexive. And I tell you what, I read something that said your subconscious mind doesn't know if you're serious or not. So that's why if you say I'm stupid or I'm ugly or I'm fat, your subconscious mind will believe you. So the same is true of positive mm. messaging. You say that you're a person of worth, you speak it into existence and you begin to believe it. You know, I think that that is something that we all, especially as gay men over 30, that have been through some shit, as we say, you've got to have that as a practice in moving forward in the self-love piece. I remember when I was going through my divorce and I had a shit ton of like conservative Christian people who were being pretty nasty as I was coming out. And I remember seeing this patch. I was at Walgreens or something like that. And there was just one of those old iron on patches you put on the knees of your pants, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it said, I'm doing my best. That's what the <laughs> patch said. I'm doing yeah. my best. 
And I took that patch and I ironed it onto the back of my favorite jean jacket and wore it around. And I liked that it was on the back of my jacket because I kept thinking this was sort of a metaphor for me. All of those people back there saying all of those things, all they do is have to look at me and see that message that I'm wearing for myself. I'm doing my best. I don't have everything worked out and I don't Mm -hmm. have to, but here's what I can tell you about me every day. Or if you look at the trajectory of my life and the line through, it is on a upward tip for sure. Love that. It is. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get better. I'm trying to understand more. I'm trying to love people better. I'm trying to love myself. Right. I'm trying to be more honest. I'm trying. There's no reason for me to not be gentle with myself because I don't have it all figured out. And when I can get into that space and know that I'm trying, there's a part of me that just feels like I deserve every good thing that comes to me. I'm not one of those people that's going to sit back and be like, bitch, bring it to me. I deserve it. You know, (laughs) it's not that, but I deserve the good things that happen to me because I really am trying to add to this life. I'm just doing my best. Over here doing my best. Over here doing my best. Love so if that. Good things come to me. Let it be. I'm going to snatch those things up and I'm going to say thank you to whoever is responsible for this goodness. Thank you. I accept. You. I accept because every day you are learning to understand more and more that you are worthy of them. I love that. Yeah. And we are here to find and keep a gay man. That's mm-hmm. the point of all of this. So that's where that comes into play is Mm -hmm. when you look at all those people, all these hookups and all of the situationships, you have to look at that through that lens of this is not only what I want, it's what I'm worthy of. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to find somebody who treats me like that. Someone who agrees with you. Yes. Make that clear because I love that. Well, as we said in previous episodes, lack attracts lack. And love attracts love. So if if you believe that you're worthy of love, you really do believe that in your heart. You will find someone that agrees with you. Someone that's on the same page with wanting to find and keep a gay man. And that's when magic happens, doesn't it, darling? That's what mm-hmm. we find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're ready for prayer time. I think we are. Please. I can't wait. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I am so glad I have a prayer time for this one. All right, Reverend Silky, lay it on us. This prayer time is called Worthy. Worthy. Your Inherent worth was imprinted on your gay heart the day you came into this beautifully chaotic world. And love, she was already here. Love was waiting, always waiting, is waiting still for you. We must continue to stumble toward her, to scrape our knees and hands if necessary. I spent my life caring for others more than myself. I defined what it means to be codependent. I was the 3 a.m. friend, boyfriend, even when it wasn't healthy or helpful. This is how I defined my worth. Deep down, I believed I deserved good things based solely on output. For too damn long, I've used my love or perceived love to control outcomes to rescue whoever I was with. But a man who is worthy of you isn't going to need a rescue. He is a healthy, whole, and independent human being. He won't need you. Instead, he will want you. Isn't that the way it should be? Amen. But this kind of relational equity without codependence as the foundation requires change. 
It's a beautiful opportunity to discover your value and worth, not in what you can do for others, but in yourself, simply because you are you. You need to believe deep in your bones that you are enough. You won't have the love story you desire without believing that you are worthy, period, full stop. And all the children said, amen, 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 and amen. Thank you. I do love (laughs) good prayer time, don't you? I I think the children are waiting for it now. We got to keep doing it. I think I'm going to start posting these on Sundays. Because I know a bunch of these boys aren't going to church. The elders of Bedside Baptist, honey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they need some forgiveness for all the tricks they played the night before. Ooh, okay. No. Honey, it's all been right. a pleasure, as always. And until next time, live in rivers of self-love. Living. <laughs> That's it for us today. For more bitchy wisdom, follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok at, you guessed it, How to Find and Keep a Gay Man. And until we meet again, get a therapist, don't be an asshole, protect yourself, call your mom, and remember that you deserve a meaningful love. Bye.